millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favorite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today, Paul McKenna. My God. I mean, uh, that was a Freudian slip. Uh, he he <laughs> he almost is a god to me. I got into uh, I got into Paul McKenna. Uh, I mean, I say this in the chat, and I've and I've thanked him face to face. But I got into Paul McKenna when I was about twenty three, and uh, I bought uh, Change Your Life in Seven Days, and I still think I still think it's the greatest self help book ever, uh, as we say in this chat. Uh, so we talk about my love of Paul. <laughs> it's actually, I tell you what, up top, it's a lovely freewheeling chat. We talk about where Eagles there, the Beatles. At the very start, the person we are talking about is um, Terry Gilliam. So straight in there with Terry Gilliam. Chat, and then we get on to the new book. Now then, if you're in a relationship, this book is for you. If you would like to be in a relationship, this book is for you. Uh, if you just want, and it's not also, it's not just romantic relationships. It's, it's work relations. It's, it's friendship. This book appeals to everyone. And as with any classic McKenna, it is packed with lots of tips, lots of advice, lots of research. It's beautifully written as all McKenna's books are. Uh, it's called Seven Things That Make or Break a Relationship. It is out now. Uh, I will hyperlink it. I've read it. Uh, I've, read, I've read all McKenna's books. This is absolutely true. I even read How to Quit Smoking. I didn't really smoke at the time. <laughs> that uh, My levels of fandom. Um, I was a social smoker. Didn't really need to read that book. Still read it because I was a completist. Um, so here he is, the wonderful Paul McKenna. I don't think he realises what um, what an important figure he is in the world of well-being. I hope he does. Um, and it was just so lovely. It's the second time I've been around to his house. Up top, immediately, is uh, Gilliam Chat. I've kept it in there just because it was, it was good fun. Uh, and I love Paul a great deal. He's fantastic. Uh, anyway, here he is, the great Paul been 30 years in the making. I don't know if you know the story yeah. of Johnny Depp and everything. I saw the documentary, Lost in Lamentary, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. Is, is it is good. Oh, it's... 
if you didn't know it was real, you'd assume it was a, yeah. a mockumentary. Yeah. Because you know what what could go wrong. <laughs> you watch the mockumentary, it can't get anywhere. Oh, it can. It can get. It, it can get much worse. Apparently, it was. Uh, it kind of. He seemed strikes me as a very resilient person, anyway. But. Um, uh, and it was very interesting. I didn't think, in some ways, didn't have quite um, a concept of how brilliantly talented he is. It was just like he was very humble. I mean, I, I massively dug him. I thought he was a, he was very nice. I sat next to him a couple of years ago at a premiere, um, and he was. I remember him very nice and very. He was talking to my mum. He was very nice. So that's always a, that's always a sign that someone's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I said. I said, you know, you were very. Comfy. I went, oh, right, right, okay. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've loved some of those movies he made. I mean, like Brazil, prob- probably one of my favourites. Fisher what King, and Twelve Monkeys, Fisher King, Fisher Fisher King. I really liked. Yeah. I just my Kate, my wife, would say she was well, she wasn't so keen on it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Which I once interviewed Jeff Bridges. Yes, who, uh, yes, he was. Of course, he was in that, wasn't he? He gave me some life advice. Sorry, I'll, I've just. My key bullet points. No worries. Uh, he gave me some life advice that I try to live by to this day. Yeah. So I said, you see... I mean, I'm singing to the choir here, but I said, you seem to have the world by the tail. What's what's the secret? Because he is essentially the, the dude, you know. He's, yeah. He's quite a laid-back guy. And he said, wait, he was a child actor in Sea Hunt with his dad, yeah. Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. And he said, every day before leaving for set, yeah. his mum... Would stop him on the on the porch. Yeah, the, you know the car's there to pick him up, to take him to set. She'd stop him, crouch down, meet his eye line, and say, "Remember, have fun and enjoy yourself." Wow. And he said he heard that every single day wow. throughout his childhood. How brilliant! He said, "Can you imagine the?" He says, "Can you imagine the impact that has on you?" Isn't it? That is, you're right. What a fantastic thing! A great affirmation, almost like at that age, almost with the power of a hypnotic suggestion. How brilliant. It's great. Lovely. It? Great story, that. So yes. I trace that to my daughters every... I'm sure someone is there. Have fun and enjoy yourself. Have fun and enjoy... Right, the person I need to text the most is well, myself, of course. I think we all, yes, we, we can all do that <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> um, well, I know I've said, said this to you before, but I've certainly not said it on the podcast, but uh, try not to tear up as I say this, but the, the role uh, you have played in, in my life... Um, Thank you. ...cannot be understated. I was 23, 24. First... Uh, Self-help, personal development, call it what you like. First book I bought was uh, Change Your Life in Seven Days. Oh, yeah. So the last time I was here, you very kindly, <laughs> and that is one thing my daughters are not allowed to touch, is my signed <laughs> copy of, uh, and that and that, that was my, uh, I say gateway drug, but in the best way possible, that was my gateway drug. Uh, and that put in place the yeah. building blocks to change everything. So I, I, it, I'm so happy that I get to say thank you to your Thank you. I'll tell you, it feels really good. I've been doing a lot of, last year I did probably more live events, because I've been doing them all over the world than I've ever done. And uh, the amount of people who came up with, particularly with that book, yeah. and it's all, you know, you can they've got little stickers in it or bits underlined and things like that. And it's there, and they went, just want you to know, you know, something really lovely. And of course, you know. And, um, uh, it, but it was, I suddenly, I hadn't really got a concept of how many people in so, so many places until, you know, started doing that last year. And even in places I'd never, I'd never been to Eastern Europe before. And in Lithuania and Latvia, uh, people, you know, people had come from Russia and different places to this, these, these quite big conferences. Um, and the amount of people who wanted, everyone wants a selfie now. Of course. Thing, isn't it? So, so even though I'm going to do some dates um, in March here, just major cities, 
So I do about 90 minutes, but then do an hour of selfies because all 500 people want one with you. Of course, yeah. So, you know, and some people want things signed in that. Um, but I think in some ways, it's, you know, when I hear that, thank you, that really makes my day, actually. Um, it makes me remember why I do this. When somebody says to me, thank you, this has really helped me. There's things I use in that book yeah. to this day. Yeah. And, you know, I, a question I do get asked a lot is, um, which book? If you, mm. if you were to pick one book, which mm. would you recommend? Mm. And that's, I mean, I've read everything you've you've ever done, oh, right. but that that is that would be my immediate. Mm. I mean, I, I pick you know, I pick several from the back catalogue, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know who your favourite band. I don't know who your favourite band is. Mm. Now of the Beatles, that's mm. that's probably your revolver. Mm. You know. Oh wow, fantastic! Yeah, God, I love the Beatles. I think for me that they're my favourite one of theirs would be Sgt. Pepper or the White Album actually. Sure. Uh, well, actually, remember yeah, Abbey Road? It's very hard, isn't it? I mean, it's a lovely problem to have, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, high, high, high class problem, isn't it? Which of my, which of the many? Thank you. That's very kind of you. Yes. See, so yeah, Revolver. So you like the earlier Beatles stuff, then? I mean, I love it. I love it all. But that, yeah. that's my. I'm just. I said Revolver because that's my. Yeah. That's probably my favourite. Is some. Um, if I needed someone, is that on Revolver? If I needed someone, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's. I, it's. Um, I interviewed somebody the other day, and they they made the point. They said, and I'm I'm. As guilty as anyone, we don't listen to albums. Or it certainly applied to me. We don't listen to albums anymore. We've all made uh, our own. Mm. You know, either on shuffle or we've made playlists. And my cheeks flushed because I'm. I I mean, I only used to listen to albums, but I couldn't tell you the last time that I listened to an album in its entirety. Yeah, me too. It's playlists. And but you know, for me, certain kinds of playlists. I'll have a a lounge playlist. You know. uh, sort of Café Del Mar playlist, you know, sort of, uh, and then then an up-tempo party playlist, and then late night, um, uh, you know, sort of, um, there's certain music I think sounds better late at night. But, yeah, so I have a whole load on my computer, you know, so um, uh, different, um, of different playlists. And uh, it's funny, he was, I was interviewing Adam Lambert the other day. Yeah. And he, I said, what do you do, you know, when you... Oh, Adam Lambert. Have brilliant. you seen his version of uh, Share, believe? No, I haven't. Oh, oh, oh I should gosh. check it out. It's 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 a, a special gala evening for, for yeah. Cher. She's there, yeah. and everyone comes out and does a Cher song. Yeah, but he just mm. he, he just absolutely knocks it out of the park, and oh, the yeah. camera pick, picks Cher out. It's on YouTube. It's got millions of. Mm. I, I feel responsible for ninety percent of those views. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. But the camera picks I'll, Cher I'll out. Watch it straight after this. <laughs> and she she she's tearing up. Yeah. Because he's he's just done his own twist on, yeah. Well, that's the thing is he takes other people's songs. I've, I mean, about ten years ago when he was, he was. I went to the final of American Idol, and he did um, that song by Bonnet Elements. Actually, he wrote it. It wasn't. It made, I think the Bee Gees wrote it. Um, if I can't have you, yeah, that's yeah, Bee Gees. But yeah. he did that as a as a ballad rather than a disco song, singing his heart out. And, and yeah, it was just awesome, and. Um, Yes, he, he. I was asking him what sort of music. He goes, oh, it depends, you know, what mood it is. He goes, sometimes I like ambient music. Sometimes it's like, um, uh, you know, sort of rock from the 70s because that's what my parents used to listen to. And uh, I, I, sometimes I find that fascinating. You know, like what somebody... The other day, there was a list of Quentin Tarantino's top 10 films. And it was all kind of bizarre stuff. You know, some were just like... Wasn't wasn't it was like a, it was a nutty little comedy from the seventies. I forget what it, who, what it was. Oh, you, you wouldn't have necessarily picked those movies yeah. if you're going to guess. I, fa- I think his favourite movie uh, it wasn't on that list, but I read in another interview he likes Where Eagles Dare, right? Which <clears throat> would certainly be on my top ten. A fantastic movie. What a movie! Yeah, I mean, I mean, Cl- I mean Clint Eastwood's charisma in that. Yeah, 
And, and I know I'm well aware, I'm so sorry because I'm well aware of speaking of albums. We've got the the latest album to get onto. But I mean, I know Eastwood, you know, barely says a thing, but he he's still is so memorable in that yeah. film, isn't he? He is. Do you know he? It's um. I think nowadays, you know, given that, that was such a huge hit, there'd be a franchise. You know. Oh my god. They would be making ten of them, and of course, you know, they, they would be huge. But yeah, they just made this romp, and apparently uh, Richard Burton was really quite drunk during the whole thing. So much so that some of the scenes where he's running up the stairs. He didn't, you know, so he was great. He was fine with the dialogue stuff. And, and, and oh Clint, my god, Clint Eastwood renamed it Where Doubles Dare <laughs> because they had to get the other guy to, do the to go running up the set. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, I saw it again recently, and just the way he talks, you know, oh, fantastic, fantastic voice again, broadsword. <laughs> and one of my friends hadn't seen it. And I said, oh, we, we, we all said, no, no, you've got, you got to watch this. And we just to love the way he walks in, we went, cognac, you know, just these, he's that, he's such a rich voice and a, a, such a brilliant plot. I mean, I remember seeing it when I was a kid and going, what the fuck? You know, when yeah, he's sure. That's right, and he, he pretends to be a double agent. You know, fantastic. He, 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 there's a bit where he cl- tries to close the door and get shot. And yeah, then he, he can't get on his hand, that's right, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, it's an, and of course, you know, he's got... He, the, the the women are stashed you know various places yeah. and he says oh, she's been one of our um, <coughs> agents since uh, the, <laughs> since 1940 what a brilliant disguise <laughs> oh I've not seen that for you I've not seen that since as a kid it makes, that makes oh, me it's, watch it's, it do you know it's, some of the effects in that are a bit, sure. a bit but in terms of performance it yeah. stands up you know it's, it's phenomenal and they had, they had good chemistry with the two of them as well didn't they they did Eastwood and Burton had a good oh yeah good no, you can tell they had a fantastic chemistry um, where doubles dare that where doubles right. dare <laughs> yeah there's actually uh, there's, there's a whole website you know sort of fan website because I always wonder when I'm watching a movie and then of course it tells you everything about it and um, I think that might have been on that fan website but I remember laughing reading it um, he's a very interesting I think you know, funny enough Terry Gilliam just mentioned Clint Eastwood so I asked him have you ever been starstruck and he said he, he said firstly I would have loved to have met John Lennon he goes technically he goes no Clint Eastwood he goes, did he never met Lennon no, he'd met, met the other Beatles, but he hasn't met... Um, jo- he, and he said he thought he really would have got on with him. But he, as he said, he goes, Clint Eastwood, he goes, um, he said, I was standing, you know, talking to Matt Damon. He can see him looking over his shoulders. He turned around, there was Clint Eastwood. He was like, I said, what was it that impressed you? And just class, the man's class, you know. So, That's so good. Yeah. Have, you been, have you been starstruck? Definitely. David Bowie. Um, uh, I, um, I got a phone call from Hanif Qureshi. Uh, this would be back in the 90s. And said, oh, well, Paul, well, it's a Saturday, Saturday morning. He goes, Buddha of, uh, Buddha of suburbia, yeah. That, oh, he right. says, um, that David had really liked to meet you. So I knew he was friends with David. So I went, David, as in Bowie. He went, yeah. I said, sure, well, let's set it up. He goes, what are you doing right now? I went, I'll be over in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I go, and he's sitting there in Hanif's kitchen, right? And he's smoking a cigarette. And he just looks. He was like, I'd stepped into a movie. He's like, fucking hell, that's David Bowie. And then he asked me to help him with something. And... Um, I, it was the only time I really bollocksed it because I was just so in awe. I mean, he doesn't... No, no it doesn't matter who sits in front of me. I mean, I, I just focus on it. But um, uh, I was sitting there. I kept going, oh, my God, in my head. And so I wasn't really concentrating on getting the job done. But he was incredibly nice, very immaculately mannered, very intelligent. I mean, we talk about everything. You know, it was very, very, wow. very interesting. Oh, yeah, it was an awesome moment. I mean, yeah, one of those kind of... You know, I also... He sadly just died recently. Um, he's a wonderful man. I became friends with a producer called Robert Evans, Bob Evans. Oh, my God, yeah, the yeah. Kid Stays in the Picture. Kid Stays in the Picture. Yeah, we became good friends as I just before I left uh, to come back. And uh, I'd go over and hang out with Bob, and uh, I just got a call, and then Bob would really like to meet you. I went, 
Gah! Wow. So like, this is like come and meet the Pope, isn't it? In yeah, England, absolutely. And Mr. So Hollywood, you know. He was Mr. Hollywood, yeah. He ran the whole place in the 70s. And um, and then, uh, yeah, so, and he was also real smart. Even though he's quite frail towards the end, his brain was so sharp. I mean, properly sharp, you know. And, um, you know, so, yeah, he would, he would, uh, he'd share his wisdom. But I, I would be sitting there going, it's Robert Evans. You know, sitting in the house that's in the movie. Yes, in the kid stays in the picture with him, you know. Uh, having tea in the afternoon, it was fantastic. Extraordinary. So, yeah. So yeah, I suppose they're the only couple really I can think of, you know. Still, I mean, you know, I suppose actually when the first time I met Roger Moore, I was a bit starstruck, you know. Lovely Roger. He was I was like, Oh my god, that is him, you know, see my James Bond. You sure. Know? Yeah. Lovely man, wasn't he? Lovely. I only uh, heard positive things about him. Yeah, really kind actually. I mean when you think about it, he had two careers. So the first half is um is is him as a you know, T V T V and then movie star, mm. one of the biggest movie stars in the world. And then he basically becomes a goodwill ambassador. That's right. And that's all he does is travel the world. He's very kind and very funny, actually, very funny. But, um, you know, he's just very generous. Because, of course, people, everyone wants to talk to him, mob, mob him. You know, they, just, they loved him. But, yes, just a genuinely great guy uh, with a tremendous sense of humour, you know. Brilliant. He would go. Like, I remember when I first met him, I, I was chatting way to him. And I said to him, so, um, you know, do you, when you're doing James Bond, do you do your own stunts at all much? He goes, no, not really. He goes, to do all my own love scenes, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This new book, and again, I'm not just, I know I I always sound like I own shares in Paul McKenna, and I I don't, but as someone who's been with his wife for nearly 11 years, we have two young kids. Mm. Uh, On a a selfish level, I feel like the timing of this book is, Mm. you know, manna from heaven. But I mean, the thing thing with this book Mm. is that this relates to everyone, doesn't it? It, It doesn't matter if you're... Uh, looking for a relationship, if you're in the early stage of a relationship, you're like me. Uh, you know, relationships are hard. I mean, you know, as I yep. say, nearly 11 years, it, it, mm. it's tough. Um, and I guess to kick off with, you're perfectly suited to, and again, I've gone into full Paul McKenna QVC mode, mm. but you're perfectly suited because I know, to, to write this book, because I know that in the past, and you say this in the book, mm. that you'd be asked, you, you know, you felt you were a commitment phobe yeah, yeah. and so on. Yeah. And then, but now we're, we're chatting yeah. and, you know, you're, you're, yeah. things are going great, aren't they? In that, well, in that I mean, basically, the, yes, you are so, you're spot on. If, if I can do it, anyone can do it because I had no um, uh, belief particularly that I was going to be able to do this, even though part of me really wanted to, to find the right person and get married. But, um, uh, yes, it's all... Um, it's all come true. It's what, like in, you know, in fairy tales, and they all live happily ever after. This book is the the, the 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 idea of this book is that when you read it, wherever wherever you are, if you're not in a relationship, if you are, if you complete, you keep making the same you know mistakes, you keep repeating the same patterns, or things are good and you want them to be even better, it applies to you. And um, the gist for me, um, uh, sometimes when I've read a really good book about something, I'll go. I, sometimes I won't learn this, won't learn, won't learn something new, but I'll realise that what I'm, this is what I'm doing that actually is what works. All right, so I concentrate more on that. So some people will go, oh, I see, I understand now. This is what makes the thing work, and, and, and you know why we're together even through the rough times. And then other people will be like, oh, I, I can't, be, you can't believe, yeah, I've got a block there on that. That's what, and, and then they use one of the techniques. So the neat thing is, is there's audio for pretty much every technique, and there's some video as well. So you know, because everyone nowadays wants something on this smartphone or the computer so so yeah so that's the general gist of, of where we're at with it now the, the, this book to me feels like classic McKenna because there, there's there's obviously meticulous research there's lots of studies mm. but then there are lots of takeaway 
tips, bits of advice, the sort mm. of things that will, in the best way possible, they, they and I speak from experience, they burrow their way into your soul. And you, you, yeah. you, you've got those skills forever, haven't you? Yes, that's the idea, is that is that it's not just an intellectual read. You go, oh, that's kind of interesting, that's interesting. <laughs> it actually it gets in and changes things at a subconscious level because, because of the language patterns, the way the, the thing is written. Um, you know, as you read it, it gets your unconscious mind stimulated to look for solutions to problems, to focus on what's working, what isn't working, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you actually, uh, you would come away, um, enriched from it at the end of it. So it's very interesting. When I, I finish one of these, I, I, I'm usually in a place where I don't know whether it's any good or not. So I have to give Are you it. serious? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, I really want to do this. Halfway through, I'm like, yeah. ooh, you know, is this going all right? A little bit of a crisis usually towards the end. I go, oh my God, I think it's terrible. And then when I finish it, I go, Actually, I think that's it. I think I've done it. But I now can't tell whether it's any good or not. And I have to give it to a bunch of people. And in this one, I had to give to the wife first. And uh, I said, what do you think? She, when she, halfway through, she went, I absolutely love this book. And I went, thank God for that. I mean, that's the, bit, that's the big one, isn't it? Well, it is, yes, because um, she's also, you know, Kate's a very smart person. But um, uh, I think she would think, you know, she knows me very well, so she would be able to tell whether she felt it was truthful, um, you know, you know it, it, it genuinely um, uh, made sense to her. But then other people who really don't know me that well, we gave it to them. They came back with, I love this. This is phenomenal. This is, I can absolutely see where, I'm, where, my, where the issues are, how I can fix them, et cetera, et cetera. And then other people went, I know what it is. I'm feeling different about the relationship now in a good way. So... I did a thing yesterday with a lady who interviewed me. I went, she was saying that this was the problem that she was having. I went, well, just do this. It's in the book. Da, 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 da. Suddenly she went, oh, my word, I feel really lightheaded. I feel like, I feel different. I went, oh, it's going to be different. Don't worry. You know. So, um, yes, yeah, so the, again, the, a lot of the techniques in this are not just something I've conjured out of thin air. I've been out in the field, <laughs> tested it, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, there's the work of a lot of other people. I stand on the shoulders from giants from time to time because, you know, I, I suppose... One of the things that people have said to me over the years is they've gone, oh, stuff you write is like common, it's just common sense, isn't it? And I go, thank you. Do you know how bloody hard it is to take very complex psychological ideas and, and distill them into common sense, which is, you know, what yeah. I think I do. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, now, one, one of the tips that's in there is a recent-ish McKenna uh, tip, and it's, is it, it's called the... Um, Havening technique. Havening. Havening, yeah. So this is... Um, I, um, I was... I was to, to be transparent, I was that close to calling it Havening. So, but. Yeah, it's, called, it's as in a safe haven. Yes. And it was developed by my friend, Dr. Ronald Rudin. Uh, I helped in the development process. Um, and so um, I'm very attached to it. I find it, I mean, again, you know. It's, on the de- it's in the Destiny. Uh, yeah, it's in the Destiny yeah. book. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I've been, been using this now for years. We, where it's done particularly well is in helping people with extreme trauma. So war veterans, rape victims, uh, bereavement cases. And, you know, we worked a lot with the military and, and with the services, you know, police, fire, particularly paramedics, actually. Yeah. They, they get the, uh, the PTSD very badly. And so, um, uh, it's it's phenomenally um, quick and simple and straightforward. But one of the things that's really interesting is that when I was working with Ron doing the development of this, he would be asking me, I want you to go back and find times in the past when things were not great. And then um, he'd um, clear them. He'd take the, you know, de-link the thought from the feelings. So I could go, oh, yeah, it was a bad thing, but I'm not upset by it anymore. And what I noticed was when I when I cleaned up a lot of my past – that then suddenly left more bandwidth for focusing on a better future. And that's when myself and Kate got together. Now, 
Interestingly, several other people I know yeah. that also did a lot of havening for general past cleanup who had wanted to get in relationships also did. So I put it in there because I think that, oh, um, you absolutely. know, again, the science, what the science says is, it's very interesting. There's one study that shows that people who um, uh, are married, there's a study into happiness. People who are married tended to be happier. And yes, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So the psychologist went, well, marriage makes you happy. It's actually the other way around. Yeah. But people who are in a happy place tend to then find um, a, a meaningful relationship. And which again, you know, increases their happiness. So that's why, that's why I've gone at it that way. This book is, is a kind of an inside out job. You know, rather than getting other people to change, you change you and the world changes. Now that, now that's, uh, I, I love that phrase. In inside job and happiness is an inside job. Yeah, I know we're all guilty is probably too harsh word, but we you know we all believe that if if I achieve X, then I'll be happy. If I make X, yeah. But in actual fact, you've got to mm. you've got to work on the happiness here and now, haven't you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yes, I suppose that's one of the chapters is about that is about self care, and you know I, sometimes I'll be talking to people like when I was doing my weight loss seminars. Very often the hand would go up and say, I'm a mother, I'm a very busy person, I haven't got time to eat slowly like you're suggesting. And I would say, hang on, this is a false economy, right? Um, because as mum, you're probably the linchpin of the family. And um, and if you don't take care of yourself, right, everyone else um, uh, suffers. So basically the better shape you're in, the better shape everyone else is in. And so and it's the same in a relationship. Absolutely. You know, it's very interesting. A lot of people think about a relationship as a thing, like a destiny go, or, or, or a destination. Or go, I just want to be in a relationship. But actually what really is taking place is you're in the process of relating to people. So it's always changing. It's dynamic. You know, it's, um, uh, I put it in the book, actually. I remember years ago, back in the 80s, I went to an Anita Baker concert. And she finished the concert by saying, you know, my, I, I'm so happy to be in, I'm in a wonderful relationship, but it's something I work at every day. And I'd never thought it. I thought, work at it every day. So I thought you just find that person and it's all bliss. Well, of course, it's not like that at all. It's, life has ups and downs. There's dynamics. There's changes. There's, you know, you're on a journey. And, and um, you know, how is that journey together? You know, it's um, hopefully amazing. So, um yeah, so that was kind of the, the gist of it. And, and, and in the book, um, there's a lovely bit. It's a case study. And again, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes I read one of your books. I think, has he, been, has he had CCTV in my house? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and it's the couple. My wife, my wife will be listening to this. I'm so sorry. But there's the, there's the couple in the book. Yeah. And uh, they, they're, they're sort of going through the motions a little bit. And on a night, they're sat separately on the sofa. Mm. Uh, they're almost living separate lives, but under the same roof. Mm. And then he touches it. It's a little touch, isn't it? Oh, yes, the... the touch, yes. Yeah. But I mean, can you just say a little bit about a little bit about that? Because I, I know from, not just experience, but from friends as well, it's so, especially in a long-term relationship, mm. it is so easy to, oh, I mean, I'm loath to say get stuck in a rut, but, but you can mm. find yourself going through the motions a little bit, yes. can't you? Well, and, and again, so actually just to sort of jump to a broader yes. on this, um, what what was a revelation to me was that um, uh, people think in one of three, pref- well, we all think in all modalities, but we prefer one of the three, which is visual, auditory, kinesthetic, as in feeling. And so um, 
say, for example, I've been in a relationship with someone who's visual. And visual people like to see things. So that you, you take them a present, a bunch of flowers, or you do an act of service, you bring them a cup of tea or something, right? Someone like me, I like to hear it. I need to hear somebody say, I really love you. I really miss you. I really care about you. Kinesthetics, you've got to touch them at the time and say the meaningful thing, right? So, and, and you've got to reassure them. It's got to be a meaningful touch, yeah? And so um, I would be in a relationship with someone, say, visual, and they bring me a present. I go, oh, that's nice. And they go, well, don't you like it? Go, of course I like it. I said I like it. I said, you know, because being auditory, right? Yeah. And then I would take them a present. They'd be like, oh, wow, it's fantastic. But I would be waiting for them to say, I really love you or care about you. Because that meant more to me than the present. Being auditory. And the kinesthetics, you've got to catch them at the right moment. And it's got to be meaningful. You've got to, in your intention, it's got to be the touch of intention, if you like. And so very often these small things, like... um because my wife's visual. So when I take her, first time I took her a cup of tea in the morning, yeah. she was like, it's like I just bought her a Rolls Royce. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was wonderful. She was like, oh, that's so kind of you. How lovely. And I went, well, I just thought I'd get up and make the tea. You know? And then, um, but she, yeah, she it was funny because she didn't like to say how she felt about things. But I didn't ask her to. She just, um, I was explaining it. She picked it up. And so... I think little things like this, you know, for example, she likes um, things to be put in the, she's got a thing about recycling. I haven't, but because it's important to her, I actually do. I stick the things in the proper recycling bags, even though I'm convinced the world won't stop turning. But you know, if she is, yeah. so if it's important to her, I now make it important to me. And so um, very often these little things, that meaningful touch at the right moment can be so reassuring. Um, but, you know, we can look at the actual science and see that the way that people's neurology works. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Basically, they prefer pictures, sounds, and feelings. You know, tells us, uh, you know, what someone's going to enjoy more. And you say that, but you'll say um, a lot. A lot of people in relationships think that oh, the more extravagant the gesture, yes, the more they will love me. That's right. And that's just. I mean, that's that's certainly categorically not, not true. Well, it? it depends on the person. I have dated um, some of the girls I've dated. Definitely, that would. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly not to my wife. You know, she, in fact, she has not read carpet in life at 30,000 feet at all. So, um, you know, she doesn't, she, she would much rather, she, she comes out to, you know, 
events like that with me. But she said, you know, frankly, I'm quite happy to just be at home or get get a takeaway and just watch Netflix or something. And the cup of, and the cup of tea in bed. Yeah. The cup of tea in bed. Yeah, things like that. Yes. So I'm very lucky to be grounded. I'm, I'm lucky to be married to a grounded lady. Because that, I mean, that's a, that is a key thing. I know. Again, mm. something to touch on. Um, we we judge others. We we assume that everyone else is, you know, our partner is exactly the same as us. But yes. The, the point is, is that we're, we're all different. It's important to realize. Well, it, it is, but also uh, where they, where you are likely to be the same if you're if you've been in a happy relationship for a while, is that you will ha- probably have shared values. So, for example, even though I'm quite an outgoing, um, you know, pu- happy public speaking, networking sort of person, my wife isn't. She's much quieter. She would rather sit and listen and let me kind of do the talking and that. And yet, um, our sort of, our values match because she believes that's that's the man's place. That's his that's his thing, you know. And yet, you know, she's still the boss, by the way. But um, uh, I think that's because people go opposites attract. Well, they might in terms of style, like you know, one person's really outgoing, the other's kind of quiet. But um, when you come to that, va- when it comes to values, they'll absolutely have to be shared values. There. So, what might those values be for other, other couples then? Well, it's a very good question. I mean, so things like um, it could be honesty. It could be like this. There, we have total transparency. You can say whatever you want to other people, but to you, to me, you always tell the truth. It could be something like that, or it could and that's be the foundation upon which that particular relationship is. Yeah, well, it could be it'd be about five things or, or ten things. So it can also be things like kindness, right? Um, um, you know, if you've got if you've ever gone out with somebody who's unkind, there comes the point where you just go, "Hang on, I, I, I'm not going to put up with this any longer." Uh, or I just don't think you should speak to people that way. You know, she's not really for me or he's not really for me, right? So you'll find that there'll come a point where if somebody is, you know, really aggressive um, or dishonest, you know, or something like that. I mean, I mean, every, I think probably everyone in the world exaggerates a little or, you know, maybe, you know, um, sure. tries to you know, put a spin on things in a particular way, probably even unconsciously. But, you know, there might be like I, some people I've dated, you know, I found out they were just blatantly not telling the truth about things where they should have, they clearly should have been, or I felt they should have been. At that point, uh, you know, uh, I realized we didn't, um, we were on the same page, so it wasn't going to work. And um, I mean, so, so you know, it might also be other values might be things like fidelity, you know, you know, so, um, you know, that's, I've never been unfaithful. My wife hasn't, you know, so, uh, you know, we just don't think in those terms. Uh, whereas other people have less of an issue. Yeah, that's right. You know, they're much more. They have sort of some sort of open marriage thing. You know, and if that works for you, great, that's fine. Yeah, but that wouldn't work for us. So, you know, I, I think so. W- w- the values are the very core, the bedrock of what's most important to you in life. You know, so when I ask people what's most important, usually it'll be things like health. It'll be happiness. It'll be um, you know success. And that can, all these these words can mean many things to many people, but. The person who's saying them knows exactly what they mean. And in a relationship, it will be something like someone who, even though it's not the job of the other person to make you feel happy, because that's a codependent relationship, um, you should be happy in their presence. So, yeah. So, so, so even if we're just sitting watching a movie together, not saying a word, we're, we're enjoying it more because we're watching it together. There's um, a re- I mean, the really important bit of advice is. When you're having a, whether it's a conversation or, or a disagreement, to ensure that you're both in that. Now, th- now to the listener, I'm about, well, not I'm, Paul is about to blow your mind because this, every relationship uh, would benefit from this. It's finding that right time when you're both in that mm. positive space mm. to have that conversation rather than, and yeah. we've all done it, yeah. 
your, your, your heart's racing, the blood's up, that is absolutely not the time to be having that chat. Yes. Um, there's, well, there's two things. I mean, one of the things that... Sorry, let me start again. Um, yeah, one of the things I was really amazed by was that in past relationships, um, uh, when they, because everyone ends up disagreeing, how you disagree really has a strong impact on the quality of the relationship. So in the past, I would think you just argue with someone until one of you gives up which is a really stupid way to think about it, but I didn't know any better, right? And actually, what my wife has taught me is she goes, when we first you know, got together and we were, we'd have a disagreement, she yeah. would go, okay, let's agree to disagree. And that, that just kills it, right? Suddenly then you go, you can't, ha- ha- yeah, all right. How can you disagree with that? And, you know, <laughs> unless you're some kind of ass, you know. And, and, um, and then she would go, um, or exactly as you just mentioned, you know, if we've, um, say we've had a couple of drinks and we're, we're in a sort of heated discussion or something, you go, hang on, let's talk about this tomorrow when we're, we're actually, we're, 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 we're going to look at it differently. And for the next morning, it's like, oh, sorry if I got a bit up to, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, you know, et cetera. So um, I, think, I think it's really important, particularly, this is the other thing as well is, is I've noticed how people, um, you know, having looked at lots of people relating over the years, you know, someone will say, I put this example in the book where someone will go, uh, shall we go on holiday this year? Yeah, so how about we go abroad? Oh, I don't really think we, you know, we, we want to do that. Oh, why are you always so negative? So instead of actually a simple conversation, which is about, you know, very often two people want the same thing, but they're just talking about it in, in a language, which means, you know, it kicks it off. And then they move from the position of just a simple back and forth about going on holiday to a personal criticism, yeah? It's like, why are you always so negative? Not, not even why are you negative? Why are you always so negative? You know, the language of permanence. So um, uh, something like that is actually best, you know, if you look at the model for conflict resolution, it's all about addressing the other person's unmet needs. <clears throat> so if somebody says, I'd really like to go on holiday this year, so, oh, so you'd like a break, you'd like a vacation. The other person, should we go abroad? Well, I'm not so sure about that. Well, is it cost? Is it inconvenience? Is it, you know, what are your unmet needs or your concerns about it? If you go to the level of needs, the thing clears up pretty quickly. So since I discovered this, fewer arguments, not just in my, um, my, my marriage, but in relationships generally. You know, I'm not saying you never have a dispute with anyone, but from the, given the amount of arguments I used to have about, you know, it would be in a project technical perfection, yeah. or it might be in a business negotiation, you know, about um, the business terms or something. Nowadays, I just go to, what do you need? What do you need? Okay, here's what I need. And I wait for the other person to come back. And then, and then it gets usually what, what, what used to be, so I used to go to the place where if the other if I thought the other person was taking advantage of me, yep. I'd get really uptight. I'd be like, he, you're taking me for stupid. You know, and I'd just instantly go to DEFCON, whatever it is, the highest one. And they'd go, no, I'm not. I'm just, you know, they just, they just made a ridiculous suggestion. That's all it is, which anyone's capable of doing. So I suppose when you go to the level of need, right? that's a great, I mean, that phrase, go to the level of need. Go to the level of yeah, need. Yeah, I mean, actually, there was a point when, um, uh, it was right, just around when we got married, but we we, we were because it was quite a roller coaster ride. But we were working out a whole load of things. And I went, "Hey, on! I need to know what you need from me as a husband. Just tell me that." And I made a list of it. And some of it, I was like, "Well, that's yeah. You need to feel protected. You need to feel you know loved. You need." To but there was, some of it was real simple stuff, like you'd like to hold my hand walking down the street. So things like that. And that, that of course, I didn't really you know realize being a bloke. It's all very, just be pragmatic and practical, shouldn't it? Yeah. What's all this emotional stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn about it. 
Um, and, and then the, there's the mirroring technique as well. Yes. And, and again, what I, what I love about all, all of your books, again, that, that is just such a, I say simple, I mean, I've never thought of it, but these are little things that you can take away and, yep. and use. Can you just say a little bit about that? Because, I mean, that's, a, that's okay. a, an absolute gem, isn't it? Yes. Um, there's a fascinating discovery, fascinating study that shows that in a communication, um, 55% of what's conveyed is through physiology, through body language. Uh, 38% is through tone of voice, right? So if somebody says something like, they go, no, no, <laughs> no. You, know, you, you, you can say a hundred different ways, right? And yeah. mean different things with it, you know, no. Right? And so um, only 7% is the actual words itself. Now that's in that particular study. But what we do know from that is that, is that we are communicating all day long with more than just the words. And so, um, generally speaking, people tend to like people that they perceive are like them. And so one of the things that I've noticed about people who get along is they tend to mirror and have a similar sort of body posture, and they tend to gesticulate in the same sort of way as each other. And it's, by the way, this is also from, this is, this is from science. Uh, this is from the work, Absolutely. Of, work of Bander and Grinder. And, and um, also, I'm not just saying this, but to the listener... Paul and I are sat in the exact... So we're mirroring. One of the high points of recent years for me is the fact that Paul and I are sat like, like a mirror. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. But then the other thing is that... So when, when, you, when you know that, that people tend to like people who they perceive as like themselves, what you do is, if you want to get along better with somebody, you eliminate or reduce the differences, right? And focus on the similarities. Now, this kind of got hijacked a few years ago by the sales community, who said, right, if you want to sell more stuff, right. copy people's body language, right? Yeah. You know, if they scratch their face, you scratch your face. No, that's not <laughs> what was intended by the researchers, right? <laughs> what, what they were saying was... Every, every newspaper and magazine I've ever worked at, it's absolutely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, they took so, their glass, you took... You know. Yeah, yeah. So that that became, you know, a distorted sort of take on the message of the research band. Yeah. But they, what they were saying was, by reducing differences and focusing on similarities, you en- enhance the opportunity for rapport. So, for example, um, if somebody if somebody's kind of like really excited and they're, they're up-tempo and they're, they're sort of loud like that, you match them, you go to their level too and you get excited and they go, oh, he's like me, I, he's an excited sort of person. If somebody is speaking kind of gently and they're speaking kind of slowly, you would go to their level and you would match them and it would uh, make them feel comfortable because they go, he's like me. Yeah. And because a lot of this is going on outside of conscious awareness, it's going to the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind automatically goes, I feel a connection with this person because they're like me. And so you're more likely to get along. You know, so, um, so that's really the gist of the mirroring uh, stuff is, is just by um, matching somebody's energy level, their voice uh, level of volume, the sort of tone, and to some extent, their sort of the, the way they're sitting or standing and their gestures, uh, you'll create greater rapport with them. Now, the I know um, I I know uh, incredibly generous with your time, but you you broke the book down into seven uh, questions. What was the um, how, how did you come to that? Right. So um, again, I I. Um, I didn't know how many there would be, but when I started looking at, at um, you know, all, all the notes I've made over the years on this and uh, the research, um, I decided that there were seven, basically it says it's called the seven things that make or break a relationship. And so the first question usually people ask me, go, what are those seven things? And I said, well, I can say communication, but I then have to talk for 
a half an hour about communication because communication, which we have just been doing, right? You know, communication isn't just talking to people. It's way more than that. And, you know, I could say it's about agreement, disagreement. So it's not just important that you agree. It's how you disagree that will determine the relationship. And so really the, the, the book is, and it's, and it comes with audio and video. It's seven processes. So the questions are around communication, taking action. It's around self-care. It's about, you know, positive future, these sorts of things. So um, these are seven processes and they're designed for people who are not in a relationship that want to be people who keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again, people that, you know, and having, you know, a, the same sort of ending to every relationship and wondering why and wanting to change that. And also at people that are already in a relationship and maybe, you know, there's the old rocky time and it ain't so good and you'd like that to be smoothed over. You'd like it to, you'd like it to be better, or maybe it's already really good and you want it to be even better than it is. And so, um, uh, I think um, I think those are the people this is aimed at. So it's pretty much as you said, everybody. It's, it's could, this could be a huge book for me. I think, or I hope it is. And I, I hope oh, actually, uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah. hope it really does change the lives of people for the better. Because you know that's my sort of my mission. You know, somebody asked me the other day. It was a great question. They went, we're sitting at lunch. He went, um, what's your role in life? I went. Great question. Never stop to think about it like that. I, I would talk about it in terms of goals. I'm going to achieve this or do that. And I, well, I should. I think it's to bring sort of modern psychology, self-help strategies to as many people in the world as possible through as many different um, uh, mediums. So it could either it'd be the written word or it could be audio or it could be video. And of course, in the digital world we live in now, where everyone wants to just hit a button on their phone and see you pop out and do the thing to them. You know, this is perfect. So so that's kind of where I'm at with it is, is, um, is I think I hopefully I've created a system. That's the way I look at it. So it's not just um, an intellectual linear read. It's a dynamic system that will affect the dynamic organism that is you that will affect the in, in, that will affect the the dynamics of the kind of relationships that you have either romantic professional or personal um but now be, before we do go is there could you could you share you know imagine someone sat on the train maybe they're on the way home going to yeah. see the partner yeah. is there i know we've touched on a few already is is there a, a tip that you could perhaps share that that uh, would enhance that particular relationship that that night. Do you know? I, I would actually. Um, I would say, uh, ask. Be very direct. Just say. You know. Um, uh, say how you feel about them. Um, you know. Uh, you maybe you care about them, or you know. Some people say they don't like using the word love. They go, I I don't really know what that is, and stuff like that. You know. Oh, they've got some commitment thing going on. So uh, I would say, um, ask the other person. Um, uh, what is it? Um, oh yeah. Here we go. This is even better. This isn't in the book. I'm, I'm, I've got a new one for you. Oh, Paul, so, mate. Right. So this comes from the 80-20 principle, right? So the 80-20 rule, Wilfred Pareto was a 19th century economist who found that 80% of the peas came from 20% of the of the pods. And so he wondered, being an economist, if this rule held true in other areas. And indeed it does. So um, 80% of the cost of crime is down to 20% of the criminals. 20% of, of the software in a computer carries out uh, 80% of the of the work that the computer does. Um, 80% of the money you make will come from 20% of your efforts. 80% of the problems you have in your life will come from 20% of the people that you know. 20% of your carpet is walked on 80% of the time. Now, sometimes this varies and goes 70, 30, 90, 10, but mostly it's an 80, 20. And indeed, it was, wasn't, the irony wasn't lost on me that there's several books written on this, that 80% of what was conveyed in the book could have been sent, said in 20% of the pages. Oh, so I thought anyway. 
So what I would say is 80%... This, by the way, absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> the listener can't see my jaw on, on your carpet. I mean, that was... You know, it's was, a beauty, isn't it? So It really is. When I did this years ago, <laughs> I then went, 80% of the money I make, 20% of my efforts. So I looked at it and I went, oh, yes, it, that's pretty much true. I'll focus on that. Oh, and then suddenly I'm rich, right? But also 80% of the... Um, there was a, there was a lovely um, girl I dated years ago, who had um, a um, she had a, um, a, a dog hotel right, and um, and so she's animal behaviorist. And so so uh, what happened was that on a Friday someone would mess her about you know the dog over the weekend it, sort of, it ruined our weekend right. And uh, there were basically I said how many customers she got she said a hundred, yeah. and I said I think you should sack twenty of them. She said what do you mean? I said, just fire 20 of them, because I reckon 20% of your people are the ones who cause it, because it seems to be the same names again and again. So she said, well, I don't know about that. I said, well, just start with five. Anyway, she came back. They said, ooh, it was so good. She said, two of them begged me not to. And I said, you're on probation. Right? And they stopped messing her about. So 80% of the, of the problems in your life will come from 20% of the people or the environments, etc. So if you can... Avoid them unless, you know, unless you go, oh, well, that's where I work. You go, okay, but maybe you want to make some changes there. I mean, I remember years ago going through my phone and going, who takes my energy up? Who takes it down? Oh, I think I'll spend less time around the ones who take it down, the ones who drain me, and more time around the people who lift it up. So I'm going to say in your relationship, if you're in a relationship, 80% of the problems will come from 20% of either the things that you argue about or the people you're around or the situations you find yourself in. Right, so just avoid them if you can. Yeah, sure. Might be you can't entirely avoid them, but just be alive to what they are. Now, this is the important bit: eighty percent of the fun you have will come from twenty percent of the things that you do together, the activities, the interests, things like that. So you could isolate those and go, "Hang on, that's where the trouble is. That's where the fun is," and do it. I mean, I'm not a massive spreadsheet fan, but but I do think they work. Where you just Absolutely. you know, you just see it all laid out and you go, "Hang on." That's when I'm, as I'm doing it now. I'm just, I suddenly got like a couple of light bulb moments. Went, hang on, we that's right. We deliberately stopped doing that, seeing those people, da da da, because we came away not feeling good, and we're doing more and more of this together, and that's why I, mean, I had one of the happiest years of my life last year, and it was because I'm very fortunate. I am. Um, I now only work with people I like and do things I like. I mean, for years I did things either for the money or because I thought it was a good career opportunity. Now I kind of, I'm sort of, I've done it. I've been there. So I am, uh, and also um, it's really good. The people I have around me now are really great. I've I had, you know, some good people around me and some bad people for a sure. while. But now I'm really lucky to be surrounded by, not just personally, but professionally as well, by people who are brilliant. And um, I actually am loving life. I mean, I've always really enjoyed myself anyway, but, but it's on a different, it's a different way, a different scale. And, you know, it's that thing Gandhi says, isn't it? Be the change you want to see in the world. So this isn't like a manual, like a you must do this and this and this, uh, this book. It's a, it's a set of dynamic processes because you are the expert on you ultimately that pull from your unconscious mind um, those things that will make you happier in the context of relationships. Paul, I, I, I honestly, I, I thank you for this chat, but I thank Not you for the all. past nearly 20 years. Wow, so, uh, is, this, is, this, is this that long, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, 03, maybe 04? 
probably 04 was uh, Change yeah. Your Life, yeah. Might have been, might, was it earlier than that? I mean, I wrote it before then, but yes, it was probably, I think it was about, was it 2002 or 2003, the first? It might have been, yeah. It's around that time. I mean, it's, it's, it feels like it, I've been, been an author for nearly 20 years, yeah. Huge, uh, huge congratulations with everything. Thank you very and, much. Uh, really from, appreciate it. Thank from you. From the bottom of my heart, I really, it I really mean it. It makes my day to hear that. Thank you. Thanks That's, a lot. All right. Thanks, Paul. Brilliant. So you should... Um, huge thanks to Paul was, McKenna. A, uh, as ever, if you enjoyed that episode, please spread the word. It's so desperate that I do this each time, isn't it? I really should just record. I should just pre-record. The- <laughs> but then you'd know, wouldn't you? You'd know it wasn't real. Uh, spread the word. Tell your friends. We are at Balance LDN. I am at James Gill Comedy. If this is your first episode of the Balance Podcast, check out that back catalogue, as well as wonderful Mr. McKenna. Uh I shouldn't really be hiccuping, should I? I mean, that is amateur hour. Um, Henry Cavill was on recently. Joel Domert, Patricia Arquette, Regina King, many, many more. Uh, Katrina Balfe, Outlander fans. Ramesh Rangat, anyway. Check him out. Loads. Ricky Gervais. I've now started. It's like Tourette's now started. I can't stop. Uh, anyway, Paul's book is out now. I've hyperlinked it. Uh, huge thanks as always. Uh, I've been James Gill. Good night and God bless you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.